0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Jiu Jitsu Times podcast. I am your host, Kevin Bradley, joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Kevin Gallagher. We've got an exciting solo show for you today, going over all the big news and goings on in the combat sports world. But before we get into any of that, we got to send it up to longtime sponsors of the show, your friends and ours, no judges needed. Your one-stop shop for all of your grappling gear slash MMA apparel needs. Whether it's training gear like rash guards, fight shorts, sweet-looking geese modeled by the incomparable Mr. Kevin Gallagher, if you want to check out their website, or casual wear like the hoodie I happen to be wearing and rock most of the time because it is damn comfortable to really cool design. T-shirts and hats and all sorts of swag, you know they have you covered eight ways from Sunday. It's a jujitsu-owned and operated brand, so you know that they've got you in mind specifically when they're going and making their stuff. It's stuff that they would want to be seen in, stuff they'd want people training in. And it's, an ingrate, it's a great environment that's doing a lot for a bunch of really big pillars in the community. But if you're balling on a budget and still want to get some of that sweet, sweet new merch, we're here to help you out. Use the code JJT at checkout to not 20% off your purchase. It's savings, people. And nobody sane says no to savings. So once again... That is no judges needed, www.nojudgesneeded.com, code JJT for 20% off. And to the fine, fine folks at No Judges Needed, thank you for continuing to support our lazy asses. We appreciate you. We love you. And I'm looking to save up for some of that sweet, sweet gear myself because, damn it, I like to buy into the businesses I'm a pro- part of. Hell yeah. No Judges Needed, everybody. Go get it. All right, that is one back crack after the ad read later, <laughs> and we're here for the episode. Kev G, how you doing, baby? You're good. You're a
1: busy, busy. i busy, 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 busy. This last week has been nuts. I got a lot, a lot of. A lot of fires cooking. A lot of uh, a lot of logs on the fire burning right now. In, in flagrant
0: self promotion news, everybody to the four people that maybe haven't heard, uh, Mr. <laughs> Kevin Gallagher is going in on a new gym. He is starting his own gym that is Gracie Trinity. It is the latest sensation sweeping the Florida area. How are you feeling about that, man? <laughs>
1: You know, man, it was a long time in the works. Uh, You know, I was in the process of opening my gym up. We started the process uh, November 2019. Um, I had a spot right around the first of the year. I was supposed to move in the first year. Then the lease fell through literally two days before I was going to open. So it was a bit discouraging, but I kept moving and looking around for other places. I was about to close a couple other deals and then COVID hit. So that put everything on hold. Yeah. Um, And I waited and waited. Um, Until I felt like it was safe enough to go out there and, and dip my toe back in the waters again. And I feel like it's about that time where was the world is moving back on. We're back to training jiu-jitsu. Of course, if you live in Florida, we never stopped. But, um,
0: <laughs> no, no, sh- no, 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 no. Everyone shut, shut down, man. Always- Everybody got <laughs> shut down.
1: But um, <laughs> it was the right time. I got a great space. I'm super excited about it. Great area. Trinity, Florida is a huge, huge up-and-coming area. And I'm really, really excited to be in on the ground floor in that market and start my own lineage. It's a fun <laughs> thing to do.
0: Have you, uh, have you ever promoted people, or have you like, have you? Just yeah, yeah. I, I have
1: a couple. Uh, I gave a purple belt
0: out to a guy the
1: other last belt ceremony. I got a guy that works that trains private lessons under me specifically. That's about to get his purple belt. I'll probably hand him. I'll probably. He may get it this summer. I'll probably make him wait because he hasn't been training enough. This is, I've got, yeah, I've got. I mean, I've got, yeah, I've, I've given people belts, stripes, belt sermon, and stuff like that, but never had anyone that's truly my student. You know, I have I promote them in lieu of Matt Arroyo. You know, my private lessons guy, this guy, I'm going to give my purple belt. Like, he, he works pretty much solely with me on private lessons. So I consider
0: him to be my purple belt, which is pretty cool. I just love, for some reason, other people, I think of them promoting like students, and it's this honorable thing that's like really reverent and respectful and it means that they've they've earned like they've they've reached a certain point but when i imagine you promoting people i just imagine you handing out like handguns to 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 folks on the street (laughs) like hey i've armed you go crazy
1: (laughs) (laughs) no it's a it's a cool bond man you know it's 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 an honor for me equally as it as it is as an honor for the student to be able to say that i've helped them through the early phases of their jiu-jitsu life or the later phases of their jiu-jitsu life to help them get to the next point along that stage. You know, I I always think about jiu-jitsu. The older I get, you know, I, I love professional jiu-jitsu, I love the IBJJF. I have to love all the competitions. I even love the, the concept of self-defense and martial art and all other shit like that. But I really think that the greatest part for me for jujitsu is the transformation that occurs as students progress through the you know 10 to 12 years it takes to get your black belt there's such a change and there's so many ways i just watch it all the time and how people discover and the journey that's you know to, to use the cliche term it's so cool for me now on the outside looking in to be a part of watching people grow and watching people move on and understanding all the little fun, little games I play with them along the way. It truly is an honor for me equally as much as an honor for them to be able to help them along the way. So when I give somebody a belt, it's like, you know what, man, like you earn this, you deserve this. And I feel honored myself to be able to be a part of helping you attain that.
0: I, I don't want, I obviously we'll get to, all the the news and stuff, but I I'm interested in getting more insight into your mindset. You've been in the game so long. You've been a teacher for so long. When did you mentally get to that place where you're like, okay, I can start making moves towards my own Academy.
1: Yeah. You know, um, I've always thought about it. You know, I probably could have people, lots of people told me I, pr- I could have done it earlier. Um, I probably could have. I had a few other things. I had a few things I felt like I needed to do to make myself feel like I was worthy of it. You know, I, I did to compete and I won some things and made my mark, whatever the hell that means on the jujitsu scene um, to build up. And then I taught for a while and you know, understood my own teaching process and iron that thing out. So I did all of the legwork, Before I opened the gym, you know, a lot of people open their gyms up and then they kind of like learn on the job, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, again, I probably could have very easily done that, but I'm very happy with the fact that I'm going into this now with a very comfortable understanding of running classes building students even building some kind of a competition team helping out with ufc fighters you know mma fighters helping get people to that next level as well as helping people that are just the weekend warriors family people that are just in it for the spirituality of jiu-jitsu um so you know as far as like when i figured it out you know probably i it had always been on my radar but i'm very i'm a very Maybe it's my lack of self esteem. I'm out my lack of self-worth sometimes. Who the fuck knows? However, we want to dissect that apart. But like um I'm very big on I, I like to be prepared and I like to be as prepared as I possibly can, almost to a point where I'm probably over prepared in a lot of instances. But I like to really make sure that I have everything ironed out and on the line before I go out there and uh, you know, take a chance like that.
0: Well, I mean, in addition to having so much experience, like in competition, you've also gotten to learn a lot about coaching. I would assume from you know guys like Matt Arroyo and Rob Kahn. Like, oh yeah, you, for sure, for sure. How, like, how much of your teaching style would you say is like derived from from those guys, and how much of it would you say is like the Kevin G special special sauce? You know,
1: it's really funny because. My concepts on teaching are very similar to my concepts on jujitsu in general. You know, I always talk about jujitsu as a living organism. You know, there's there isn't really a particular canon, you know, when we talk about jujitsu. There isn't like, you know, in judo, there's the, the there's the the Kano canon that, you know, is pushed down from generation to generation. And this is the way you throw this is the way you show nutrimonic because This is the way that Kano showed it, and this is the way it's going to be shown, and this is what you're going to do. And everyone teaches it exactly the same, and you're not allowed to vary from that. There's no variance allowed. You know, in, in Jiu Jitsu, because it grew in the organic manner in which it did, yeah, the moves are very centered upon the same doctrine and the same canon that Kano put out in his Judo doctrines. But like we were allowed to allow it to grow from a person to person. So the way that I show an Americana, maybe a little bit different than the way Matt shows it, maybe a little bit different than the way Rob shows it, but it's still the same damn Americana. We just put a little emphasis on different things. So, yeah you know when no, i think no, no, about no, no. yeah you good when i think about that in terms of my teaching style yeah there's obviously parts of running a class class structure uh you know class times and things like that that i take from matt and i take from rob and definitely like uh the way they teach the way they group things together i like to kind of think of things in threes or fours so they can have like a whole systematic approach but at the end of the day it's personality. It's who you are, the type of teacher you are, the way you like to present things that, that shines through. So you get to kind of be your own person.
0: Are there like in more quirky aspects like are there any like warm-ups that you just do not like to do at the <laughs> beginning because <laughs> i know <laughs> guys that are like i hate doing like reverse shrimps. i hate doing like, break it's, it's like <laughs>
1: ask that because anyone that knows me knows i fucking hate warm-ups i don't i hate <laughs> i i i teeter back and forth on camp when i take like i have guys that take private lessons from me we do like us we do shrimps we do backwards roars. we do forward rolls. we do technical stand-ups for as long as i can possibly tolerate watching you do it before I'm just over it and we just then we just get straight to technique. Like yeah, I just I'm, I just on, I, hate that I hate that
0: shit. Like, I hate it. I hate it I hate I, it. I go I meet you in person and I'm like wait a second I take your black belt and I, I scrub it with water and like, hey, this is a purple belt <laughs> <laughs> you hate more about that's funny it's funny. <laughs> I
1: what I've been doing a lot lately is because you know I've spent the last three years of my life really incorporating mobility and flexibility into my, my workout routines. And it's, I can't tell you how much better my body feels, how much more productive I am, how much more I can stay on the mat. Like I'm not breaking down as much. Uh, So what I do now is I spend about the first 15 minutes, um, stretching. I got a little stretch routine. I put my guys through. Then we do about 30 minutes to 45 minutes, 30 minutes or so, maybe 45 minutes of, um, of technique and then we roll for about 30 45 minutes like to me rolling is everything like we could do a little technique i like to roll technique i always obviously like to reinforce techniques and get people thinking but it's all about application and when we roll we get at it like i don't play around you know i don't like i don't like these whole i hate these stupid warm-ups where you just get everybody's tired moving around that's great but you know and i guess you're kind of reinforcing some jujitsu specific movements but i look at a lot of them like what in the fuck are they even doing like a guy got a cartwheel he's carrying him over his head he's doing a backwards roll and it's just like i don't care about that we'll stretch i like to talk because obviously you know you know me i I, I need a captive (laughs) audience but then i want to get at it then we roll and that's it you get on it time time matches i do five six minute matches five or six minute matches and we do as many as we can in 45 minutes and we get at it
0: my um I, my worst experience with warmups was I, I've been blessed to have like coaches that are mainly all the same with warmups. Like we're, we're doing them to get woken up a little bit for the people that are coming to class from like sit down desk jobs, right. you know, so you need to break some stuff loose in that point. But there was this one class and I took in Pittsburgh at this gym I went to like right after I got my blue belt and the guys there ran warmups like it was the the main course, like, right? That we're here to get you exhausted. They did them like twenty minutes of warm ups, if you can believe it. Like twenty minutes. That's a that's a beast of a. You time. Know, I'm not saying that's wrong. I
1: that's then that's again that's the beauty of jujitsu. Like we there's, there's no different places you, to do different do things. Different things. You go to Marcelo Garcia's gym in New York City, and like they 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 fucking get at it during the warm up like, Again, this is this is this is so to give you my structure, Marcelo Garcia's class. Is, is is broken down into about an hour and a half session as well. So when you get in the door, you do 20 minutes of like an insane intense warm up with all kind of crazy buddy drills, all kind of shit, and you're tired. <laughs> then he teaches technique for about 20 minutes and it's always just like blah, 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 blah. okay, cool, let's go roll. And then you roll like an animal for <laughs> fucking 45 minutes for an hour. So, you know, I personally I don't see the rationale behind the warmups, i guess to get the guys in shape i maybe you get them tired so that now they have to think when they're tired i don't really know whatever you want to tell me is your rationale i just don't believe in warm-ups i don't like them i think they're stupid i would rather use them to reinforce some kind of technical like drilling use them for a um i use it for stretching now or i just fucking I don't know, a lot of times i was just I, before i was just sitting around doing nothing we just start teach. i just like to teach i just want to teach i like to just
0: talk. got a bowl of carrots all right guys warm run around until you're tired
1: <laughs> that's about it honestly if you really want to do a warm up share go ahead man go shrimp do whatever you gotta do i'm just gonna sit over here and play with my phone
0: <laughs> my uh my coach ed is in love with uh there's different names for it but he calls them bad position parties it's like one day of the week instead of regular sparring at the end will just start in like different positions. And then like the role kicks off, like bottom, closed guard, bottom half guard, like back mount. And it's just, you got to work your way out and reset. Like there's no submissions. Like you, it you, if you escape or, or get swept, you restart. And if you get submitted by the guy in a more dominant position, then you, you restart. And it's like focusing in the transitions. And so you, you can't, just go for a submission especially in the earlier belts it's like really important to get that message across that this is more than like the rear naked chokes and the cross collar chokes and all the flashy stuff um yeah but shout out to shout out to boogie who just does an hour of 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 evi overtime drills
1: yeah i again up to you up to your discretion i've known so many different teachers that have so many different ways of doing things i personally just don't care about that i don't that's that's a little bit of rob con in me it comes kind of like the way they used to do it at gracie because you can remember some of the old school conversations they had with uh with drysdale like technique was like we didn't fucking, you didn't even have technique we just showed <laughs> up and rolled. it was just a bunch of guys talking trash and you know maybe while you were rolling every every class was almost like a was was almost a uh an open mat. Then you yeah. got to discuss as you were going. You got to build things here and there. No, I don't. I think that's a little bit too extreme.
0: I mean, in those early days of jujitsu, it wasn't like one guy has, like, especially in places that had, that were schools run by blue belts, just because you didn't have time to train someone up to brown or black belt all the time. You had right. to send them out when they knew just enough to train other people. And it was more like we're all banging rocks together in the room trying to figure out the shit. Together and like maybe one guy has a little bit of a leg up, and like that he knows I gotta rub him and then make a spark happen, and that no one else knows that. But <laughs> shout yeah. out to Ro- Rob Khan being old. <laughs> <laughs> Rod, he is old, man. He's yeah. always been around for a
1: long, long time, man. I just like, like in the 90s, man, 94, 95, that dude started training. This is crazy to think about. Before that. I was even born. Like I know. It's a crazy it, thing to think about that. It's crazy, man. He was teaching at a school in the 90s. Like, yeah, he had a school he taught at in like 98, 97. This is crazy.
0: Yeah, and I think it's in that spirit of talking about older dudes, like the legends of the sport that we unfortunately got to talk about. Uh, a recent event that occurred with one Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson suffering the first stoppage loss of his entire MMA career to one Adrian, uh, Adriano, uh, Morales, uh, at one championship. Um, he was one of those, like mighty mouse is one of those guys that I think will never get the shine that he deserves just because of a, the division he fought in B the way at which he, he dominated that division. And, you know, another of, a number of other factors, like, the marketability his tra- like he wasn't trash talking he was literally there to just do a job and he did it better than anybody else for a very long time uh what what opinions do you have on mighty mouse before we get into yeah i mean gritty?
1: i 100 agree with you like i i think that mighty mouse doesn't get the credit now again we can also we can say a lot we want but uh he got beat you know he got beat by freaking cejudo so like you know like
0: he in a the, in a what to many is the most controversial win of Zahudo's career just because yeah. there were a lot of people that had that split decision going the other we'll way. We'll put that asterisk on that for yeah. sure. But um
1: you know Mighty Mouse some of the things he does in the cage are phenomenal, you know. It's it's ridiculous. But <laughs> you know he's been tra- he's been at the top of it. He's been at the top of his game for so long and you just can't no one can. You just have to be super, super, super special to take on all comers like he does because he has to because there's just no one else at that weight class for him to fight. So he fights literally anyone. Right. And, yeah. and and to be able to maintain dominance for as long as he has is just something special. But again, the problem is, is he's just smaller. He's a 125 pound guy. Same. We've had the same issue with boxing for years and years and years. No one knows. No one gives a shit about the amazing 125 pound fighters. If Manny Pacquiao didn't move up to middleweight or to to, to welterweight like he did, no one would give a shit about Manny Pacquiao when he fought at 119 pounds. You know, it just doesn't get the same allure because you think of yourself, "Wow, that's awesome," but he's only 119 pounds, 125
0: pounds, 120 pounds. It like, sucks, oh. but there's the person being like taller than that and larger than that person there even though it's a stupid thought they still think oh that little guy like right he's the king of the little guys but i'm a regular guy i could beat him up or i could like be fine if he he tried to step to me like it doesn't Was have that, that same mythicality as like the baddest man on the planet being the UFC. oh no, yeah team. exactly
1: exactly it's weird too like it's there's an oddity to that used to be the heavyweight you know, champion boxing champion of the world was the baddest dude on the planet. And he had that kind of like a lore. It's weird. You don't think of Stipe as the baddest man on the planet. You don't think of uh, you know Francis Ogano as the baddest guy on the planet. It's just a different dynamic in MMA than it is in in, in boxing.
0: Or well, them. I think historic like like to to that point, I don't know if I necessarily think of like someone like Tyson Fury as the the baddest man on the planet. Simply because I know that there's a whole aspect of Right, fighting that he's not, he's, not it, he's not
1: interested
0: in yeah no yeah i i and that's fine i think that that the that title the moniker baddest man on the planet i think it it was just a product of its time but to kind of to, to kind of
1: prove the point I and mean, to kind of make it you know make it real like yeah maybe tyson fury knows nothing about jujitsu and you know and, and isn't as skilled as demetrius johnson is but like you really think Demetrius Johnson is going to beat Tyson Fury in a fight? <laughs> like, no matter um, what's the you know, no uh, matter what's the
0: Nah, I, it's
1: cute. To, it's cute to think that, Kev.
0: Good, well, good here's luck. Here's the thing: down like, now. it would, it would look ridiculous. The way he would have to win would look ridiculous, right? But I, I do think it is possible. I think that it is inc- entirely possible, specifically because he, Tyson Fury can't sprawl. If if he gets low enough and you know gets that single, <laughs> this is this, I that's, know I sound stupid. You, but come on. You, you know how big Tyson
1: Fury is, though, right? He you know, so you old. know, he's like six eight. He walks around about three hundred pounds. It'd be nice. To, it's in a perfect world. Yes, that's it's the same kind of conversation we talk about when we talk about jujitsu. The strength doesn't matter, and like you know that CrossFit dude. What's good? What's the good of your bench press? If I'm choking you out, that's like it's super yeah. cute. But good luck, blue belt you know 130 pound blue belt getting to that 220 pound freaking uh uber
0: athlete it's back you know and good good luck with that i I hope it works out i think that i i also hate that whole that mentality that existed like in early 2000s like late 90s of like mma versus boxing just because it it felt like it was necessary for the sport to grow like we have to talk shit about the established like best combat sport in the world, in order to you know eke out a place for ourselves and make it make it more viable, but now it just seems silly. It's like apples and oranges. Like yeah, no- it's not even. It's it's it's
1: now we we're very well. Like if you had two, you know, you take the the hundred and fifty five pound uh, boxing champion in the world, and you put him against the hundred and fifty five pound. You know, UFC fighter in the world, yeah, the boxing guy's, you know, has a chance, maybe if he can elude him and, and punch him in the face, but he's going to get taken down and murdered if he doesn't know any takedown skills. He doesn't know any jiu jitsu. Yeah. You know, it's just it's facts are facts. You know, it's, it's it's a very it's a different skill set, just the same way that, you know, I love Conor McGregor fans and I, you know, really <laughs> believe in every one of you guys, but don't get it twisted and think that freaking, uh, uh, what, is, what the what the hell is his name? Uh, Mar Mar Shave Mayweather Mayweather Floyd Mayweather. Mayweather didn't you know dominate <laughs> every single second of his fight with Conor McGregor. Well, Maybe Conor got lucky with one uppercut and Floyd quickly was like, "Oh, that's super cute." Guess there's people that, that say
0: he won. There's like a consensus that he won some rounds unofficially on the scorecards, right. just because people. They, no one really had him winning a round, but there's some people that are like, "No, he won. He got some shots in," and I'm like. Well, there's also he, some like, people that can think we that, have an asterisk though? Because like, it's obvious Floyd's like, the longer this goes on, you know, the 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 more of a a, a statement will be when I decide end. It. Well, there's also that's some he did people he decide think, he literally decided, yeah, decided. to decide. I think I'm going to beat him now. There's also some people that think
1: that Conor McGregor will will knock out John Jones. So you so like there's there's those people.
0: <laughs> oh, i'm not one of those i don't like those fans that are like i'm better than casuals like those casual like brendan Shaw acolytes that have like the, the loser takes but honestly yeah sometimes i am that guy like
1: <laughs> well it's Conor mcgregor
0: mcgregor even with his karate stance like karate stance mcgregor he's not gonna beat john joe no fuck no you know in in the, the like the, the cool part about fighting is is
1: that when you have a personality and you there, you always have a shot. There's a world, of course. You know he, he's a deadly dangerous person. He's got a fucking, an absolute fucking rocket for a left hand. It's a heat seeking missile. Um, if he connects that with anybody, it's gonna. I don't care who you are. He hits Francis. Going to go on here, square on the chin with that straight left hand. He's going to go down.
0: Uh, right? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about Francis,
1: <laughs> but the reality of it is is like are you really going to be able to close the distance on a much bigger fighter, a much more aggressive fighter in a manner that would land on that perfect punch? It's just, you know, the odds are just way, way against him.
0: What do you think, in the time you've been an MMA fan, what has been, like, the craziest upset that you've you've oh, gotten man. to see? <laughs> God, these are tough. Yeah. I, I, you, you put me on the spot with that. It's
1: hard. Let me think of one off the top of my head. I mean, pff, Puffy beaten, Puffy submitting... Uh, v- v- Vieira is probably, yeah, probably pretty damn close to tell you the truth. Like That's some shit you never, I think, never like, a for a lot years. of
0: people. Like, I see a lot of people pointing to Matt Sarah beating like GSP. Oh, like, that yeah, was, that's, that was a that's huge, the one. huge
1: one. That's the huge one that no one ever talks about. Um, there's another one. There's like there's a bunch of them. I'm trying to think. You know, John Jones and, losing that one time. <laughs> yeah, but that was freak. Anderson Silva, Anderson Silva getting beat by Weidman in the first fight's a big one. Um, no one ever no, lots of people that were a Weidman teams. Well, he's gonna do it. He's gonna do it. But I think the rest of the world was like ain't gonna happen. I mean, how do you bet against freaking Chris Weidman? Um, there's a couple. You know, there's a couple. I can't think off my top of my head, but there's a bunch of
0: potential. But I think that those those help make the sport. Well, uh, well, Poirier McGregor too. I think was the most oh, recent. That's, like that's
1: a Pugin right there. I forgot about that. Because no, I mean, no. like
0: we were both going like, and the p- people we had on the show at the time were all like, "Yeah, Connor's going to do what he's going to do. There's no real reason to think he's not. You know, he starts well, Cowboy was, in three that seconds. was supposed to be a stepping stone fight.
1: Yeah. for Connor. He was. Just and now saying, it's a just trilogy. Gonna this, <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to beat this Poirier guy so I can go fight
0: Khabib for freaking. You know. 50 all the million money, dollars for all the money, right? Exactly. If he had beaten Poirier, I think, I do think that Habib would have, would have come back for that. I think he would have been like, yeah, I'll, that the money's now enough that I'll, I'll put through, I'll, I'll put 30 up.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think so too. I don't, I don't see any reason why that. I, I just, you know and, and even more than that, like goddamn Poirier knocking out Conor McGregor. I can't even imagine what that paid. <laughs> oh my god, it had to have been to be 15 to one or so. I had well, no one, no one thought he was gonna knock that. Out.
0: Like the amount of money that could, like, people <laughs> like how people sh- shorted the GameStop stock, people could have shorted like the Las Vegas betting odds by just <laughs> no. go if some rogue out there had convinced enough weirdos to go all in on Poirier, take out a second mortgage on their house. the – the the amount of money that could have been won there. Right. I was watching and I literally he, Poirier got rocked really early on. In the, yeah, I the thought it was done, round. and I'm like, he that's caught, it. I thought it
1: was done. That's it. Game over. He's on. He's walking on his heels. And once Conor McGregor has you walking backwards, it's done. Once he usually. has you on your back heel, it's usually done. It's usually the beginning of the end. And Poirier stuck it out, managed to freaking eat that left hand. God he caught him clean with the left hand. Yeah, and that left hand. Normally, starts you talk than about yeah. Else. You
0: talk about like anybody gets put in front of that left hand, they're yeah. they're down. Poirier
1: literally there there stood there, tough, ate tough it, dude, ate it, wore him out, worked on the front leg. That's the recipe to beat Conor McGregor. Obviously,
0: though, like no game plan that they came up with for him was going to involve eating a left and then no. just keep going. That's <laughs> that crazy. What you are going to do? You are going to eat is... that
1: left hand, and you are going to yeah, no, and no one, no one.
0: I mean, I am also really happy for him because holy shit, if there was ever a guy that deserved. Yeah spotlight like yeah, yeah he's, he's awesome so yeah. let's
1: talk let's talk a little bit i, I want to bring We are talking about 50 million dollars let's talk a little bit about john jones and nuts for 50 oh uh, yeah that fucking guy i don't know how anyone can support that if you support john jones getting paid 50 million dollars i love you but you are just living in a delusional
0: world it just well doesn't make well sense. let's analyze that because yeah. there's there's aspects of, of strategy to making that kind of demand you want to set your price high right but there's also an argument for he has been underpaid a significant part of his career by right. his own actions partially but also ufc is not looking to pay him a certain amount of money which i think you could argue is bad I mean, you can't argue. It's it's every fighter is underpaid. Conor McGregor, as overpaid as he is, is probably underpaid for the amount oh, of no. risk that they're doing. Yeah. Today
1: Compared it, well, to the I,
0: amount it, of money they're making for the in, entity
1: they all Especially are in terms of professional boxing, and not just professional boxing, every other professional athletic endeavor in the world. All those guys make fucking shit
0: swimmers more. yeah swimmers what, make more money than- <laughs> that
1: might be a, that might be a stretch maybe they do with the you okay players. then
0: most like, ufc fighters i'm not yeah well we're about like, talking about you big
1: ones. you're talking okay. about you know so the mass knows, media about- well,
0: well or even we're talking about
1: like football baseball basketball yeah. hockey those guys oh yeah they make shit tons more it's not even close yeah, what is it no. something like i think it's the differences between uh what is it 12 to 50 is the is the payout for the yeah. net to the payout
0: is ridiculous. It's crazy, especially it's when crazy. you could say it's it's different because you're dealing with them like a pay-per-view model. Uh, that's still very, well, very different than so.
1: Now that you bring up the pay-per-view, like the, the the thing that is interesting about uh John Jones wants you know Conor McGregor money, he wants freaking um you know, he wants the big, big, big bucks, the big paydays. And the reality of it is if you look at his pay-per-view buys. None of his fights, except for the Cormier fight, and I don't even think the Cormier fight, he might have had one that went over a million pay-per-view
0: fights. I think it was Cormier 2.
1: Yeah, Cormier 2. You yeah. only had one fight that went over a million pay-per-view fights. Conor McGregor had like six. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like every, everything he touches turned to gold. So, He's got
0: like the top five like right? of all time. So I think. based <laughs>
1: upon those matches, he gets now a freaking unification fight with uh, – heavyweight unification fight with Francis Ngannou and John Jones who'd be huge. But, you know – John Jones. First of all, he ain't really the fighter he used to be. I don't care what anybody says. That's he's, true. He's, he's slipping a little bit. He ain't. Cruz, he Cruz
0: giving him the trouble he did, and then seeing Cruz in subsequent performances against people that are notably not John Jones, right? Uh, maybe Jan blockowitz yeah. No offense to Jan. That's not a knock on Jan at all. But it is right. a. It could be an indicator for, you know, wear and tear on Jones. Uh, a lack of. I don't I don't know. I, I'm not going to comment. Are yeah. being unable
1: to compete like because of your own dumb ass and there's no other fucking way around that. There's no way. Now, you can, I I will give him the benefit of the doubt and say that some of the USDA testing is a bit over the top. They've had lots of issues with the USDA testing. But there's no doubt that Ternobodol was in his system you know that didn't just materialize now we talk about the deca millimeters the micro whatever the hell they talked about the whatever the number they used to describe the picograms. amount grams <laughs> pe- yeah pe- petagrams or whatever pe- petagrams or whatever picograms picograms, yeah. picograms right they were in his system uh but that shit was still in a system at one point and maybe the testing was flawed but you know what one it wasn't the first time he got caught it's not the usda's problem that that shit the tests for that are still a little bit shaky,
0: He and they it again. He drastically – I think it's three major UFC cards that he almost entirely fucked up yeah, by I just remember. being a party animal. It was being, Cormier 1. Being, being an asshole. Cormier 1. He got popped for steroids. Uh, they had to move that other fight. Like I think their rematch or one of his other – I forget which one. No, I think it was – um. They had to move from Vegas to, to California. It yeah, to they like moved literally like the day before the event. With, was it his rematch with uh shoot? Uh Swedish or Icelandic oh, guy? I Icelandic? Uh, Gustafson. Gustafson, yeah. Was that I, it? I think it might have been. Yeah, like they, they had to move everything overnight and it just cost like hundreds of thousands to maybe millions of dollars to get all that shit on the car in the car and go. Dude. I
1: love you John Jones, but you're lucky you still got a fucking job to be honest with you. You're, you're lucky that you're still viable enough to your little mutant friends that, that that support you ride or die to at least be able to continue fighting. I hate it. I hate to say it every time I see John Jones and every time I listen to him talk and every time I speak to him, I cannot get past the point of the obscene lack of personal character that keeps him from being able to move forward. And the way I rationalize is that he's never once he cried crocodile tears. I've, I've been around this shit long enough. I've been around fucking junkies and drug addicts and less than freaking like honorable people for a while, man. I, I know that side of life and I've never seen any true remorse from him once for any, it's always like, Oh, it wasn't my fault. Oh, the USDA did this. Oh, I, sh-, you know, that cop was an asshole when he arrested me for hitting a pregnant lady when I was
0: high on cocaine.
1: and I fret. I wasn't firing a yeah. gun
0: out of my car. I was next yeah. to people
1: firing yeah. guns yeah. near uh, my car. Well, well, everyone picks on me. Everyone else's fault. It's not my fault. And luckily, he's blessed with the obscene amount of character and the obscene amount of fucking uh, uh, talent or character, like, like, well, not character, talent,
0: talent and to
1: be able to continue to, to move on without having character. But you don't get to keep working. That's the one thing that disgusts me the most. And it's the unfortunate side effect of athletics in general. It's one of the one of the few, maybe not one of the few. I guess there's other areas where as long as you're talented enough, it's so amazing how quickly people forget what a piece of shit you are.
0: Now, <laughs> you know? now let's let's take it back a little bit. Like let's like let's look at this from a different point of view. Let's take away all of his personal failings and dealings with the police and the law and his drug uh, failed drug test. Let's assume that we're dealing with a completely clean, fresh faced, like, like PG rated John Jones with the exact same record. Like the right, exact they continue, same continued They,
1: they continued doing, they did the right thing. Did the right and, thing.
0: You know. Nice guy. Like not, not, well, not even a nice guy, but just not a criminal and uh, well,
1: a drug bust guy. <laughs> so it, then that's where we get into the interesting proposition because you're right. Uh, John's. And again, this is the other side. You're John Jones is 100% right. The UFC should pay their fighters more. There's no question about that. They, these guys get fucked. I don't know the metrics is, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I don't know how they equate those things, but there should definitely be the potential for these guys to have a damn fight every month for these guys to be able to produce that much capital for them to get paid. The UFC is what they just resold. What the hell? Did they just resell for it's fucking. They, uh, they, they yeah. add another oh, billion just, dollars
0: to yeah, it. Yeah, no, they the the uh, the firm bought like control like the, I, forget, I, I AMG AMG I think maybe it's the yeah. the firm that that helped take that the Fertitas sold it to. They bought they, bought they purchased the rest interest. of the the rest of the stocks up, yeah. and so so the they,
1: company is worth what is it like five billion dollars now? So, yeah, something close, cool, something ridiculous like that. Yeah, like. Dude, fuck you guys, man. <laughs> you know, you wouldn't have the wonderful little tours you had in the in the in the in the in the public who traded company that is the UFC without guys like John Jones putting their lives in danger. You know, and like yeah, it's tough to talk about it because professional fighters, you know, oftentimes the same thing that makes them great are the same things that make them assholes. You got to have that kind of outlaw mindset you know you start getting cte and all the other things that, that that come up in the equation your 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 ability to make decisions is is skewed a little bit so you kind of go down that road you see it all the time with fighters bj penn all these guys that are all of a sudden turning into these like maniacs and a lot of it's because they get hit in the head a whole lot so they sacrifice that so that dana white and the felita brothers can get loaded and rich
0: i but but let's just go back to Be honest, If if a John Jones free of controversy, maybe not like maybe still a dick to DC and sort of like a rude guy every now and again, except if he's fighting rumble, because <laughs> nice. those guys love each other. Um yeah, yeah. What do you think if he didn't have the, the stigma and the albatross around his neck of all these like controversies, do you think he'd have a better position? But same exact pay-per-view numbers, but just. Free of controversy. Do you think he would have the ability to ask for more money in the in the realm of what he's asking for? Well, I think it would be looked at kinder.
1: Um, yeah. I think if you know th- perfect example is GSP. GSP is harped and harped and harped and GSP doesn't what the hell he wants to do. If he's not getting paid, he don't fight. He don't care. He's talked for years that, you know, Dana White and the establishment, management establishment of the UFC underpays their guys. They don't take care of their fighters. And that's one of the reasons why he dropped out. He decided he didn't want to fight anymore because he's going to fuck these guys. He didn't want to be a part of that system anymore. Um, so, like, you get to have the moral high ground when you're moral. <laughs> That's why it's called <laughs> the moral high ground. Um, you know, when, when you have all of these murky, questionable things, maybe they're not related. You know, maybe you could point the finger and say, this guy did this, this guy did that. But the reality of it is it's fuel to those that are trying to deter you. That's why it's so important to have integrity character that's what drew that's what really builds and breeds champions for the long haul but i guess your question really is is um without all of those things if john jones would have maintained well there's the real the real answer to the question is this you know conor McGregor found a way to do it right because Conor, McGregor, he did
0: he did a few things that are are like flat out worse than what John did.
1: But he never did anything to compromise his ability to fight, and that's the biggest thing. John Conor McGregor maintained viability throughout the course of his career, where John Jones was constantly going through gaps, constantly putting the organization in jeopardy because he's an asshole.
0: How long was Why he banned? Do you
1: repay that. Huh? Like was it? Oh, like, was like yeah. a two year span. It was a two year ban yeah, retroactive. Right in the like... middle of it, right in the middle of his of his the athletic prime,
0: prime. prime right
1: know? after his, uh, you know, he won if the Belt John in his Jones, in those two years, continues on the murderous spree, and murders everybody in front of him and takes on all comers and no one ever has a shot, yeah. Now we talk about the fifty million dollars, or I think that he earns he, it just selling pay per view points. He doesn't oh, even exactly, need because points. if
0: if he has though that gap of time to build out a, a bit better resume of just more defenses of that title, because that was the thing is like right after that win, everyone was so happy for him because it's like, oh, this guy came back, he suffered, he made mistakes, and he did the he trained and he got back to center, and now he's good. Now we're gonna see the the new career of John Jones, the new beginning, and then that was all just stopped. Yeah,
1: like yeah, I mean I,
0: that's that's, that's what happens.
1: And I love you, John Jones, but you're not Muhammad Ali. You might think you are, but you're not. You know what I mean? You you haven't proven yourself to be that guy. I, I just don't know. I mean, even if he starches fucking Francis and I don't know, man. I'd like to see him fight Blagovich. Tell you the truth, I think Blagovich might knock him out.
0: I think I I know he's committed to heavyweight now, but I think yeah. that now that we finally got a guy that I think people are are just as scared of as John, like yeah. he the way he dealt with Izzy, a guy who's technically leagues beyond so many people in in every division of the UFC, the way he he confidently dealt with him, yeah,
1: he's a big massive light heavyweight. Hits hard, super strong, tough to
0: take down, good wrestling. Like, you know, I could give him five five Big Macs and get him to heavyweight, and then then we have the match. He doesn't need to do anything.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And that's the one more thing that we can talk about with John Jones is that when we talk about the weight divisions, you know, historically, light heavyweight is a division that just isn't that interesting. You know, and just because, because you bring that up, you know, you're not really the skilled middleweight. Even welterweight-ish, but you're not really the skilled like 155 pounder, 170 pounder. You can still move the agility, like, and you're not the giant heavyweights that everyone loves to see the heavyweights fight. You're in that middle ground where, like, well, you know, you're not really big enough to be a heavyweight, so you're not that exciting. You're not. You're not. We don't care that you might not have the same skill set because you're a massive human being, but. You're not really fun to watch either because you're not this re- enormously skilled person. Now, John Jones is the outlier of that equation, but you know he had a lackluster career going against lackluster guys because no one in the light heavyweight was even really fucking worth it for him except for Cormier.
0: Yeah, I, I think that that's an unfortunate thing that the, that division has to deal with, and I, it sucks because there are guys where that's a good home for them. You know, where that's that yeah. sweet spot, and but I also think that the number of guys that could just go up to heavyweight like even luke rockhold like as as short a stint he had at at light heavyweight he was taller than jan blackovich when they fought
1: you know the the knock on most light heavyweights just comes back from boxing too. cruiserweights insane fucking deal it's like you're just an asshole that is afraid to fight heavyweight so you cut down the light heavyweight so you can win that division that's just that's what's the idea yeah, and fighters maybe know better, but that's kind of what the general consensus is, even with even with educated fighters that realize the game,
0: you know. Yeah, and I think that that uh, people want things to be easier to understand. And I think that understanding the need for a light heavyweight division, it's too much bandwidth for the casual fan yeah, that's well, like I just want to see like the the dude, I want to know that the dude with the belt is the best at a certain weight. And right, the, this these two weights are too close together for me to one hundred percent. Because yeah. you look at GSP and you think to yourself, "Oh, GSP
1: is amazing," and obviously he can't fight heavyweight. You know, he's the greatest fighter of all time, or Khabib, the greatest fighter of all time. But obviously, he can't fight stipe Yeah, you so look at that. Unfair... Yo, yeah, 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 yeah. Like that makes sense. But when you talk about John Jones, you think, "Well, why does he just go fight heavyweight? which he's doing?"
0: Yeah, I guess he's doing with a bunch of like. Yeah, hemming and hawing about making the weight and wanting but, to make all the money but you like- could
1: argue you could argue now that no one gives a shit anymore <laughs> because he really wasn't all that dominant and light heavyweight to tell you the truth and he fought like what fucked him was in beating stipe because stipe is the head and shoulders like king of the ufc division you know john jones versus stipe i really believe has a more historic fighting metric than John Jones fighting Francis Ngannou simply because Francis Ngannou doesn't have to prove I don't think John
0: should, should get be to just go for the belt. I really think that that would make everything a lot better. You give me if he beats Stipe, I think you could that's make more say. of that I like I and one, it would give Stipe a great chance to end his career on what could be the most important victory of all time, like be the first guy to really truly beat John Jones. But That's like, when we start talking about what the, you know, Bushido
1: code of fighting versus the reality of the business side of boxing is in yeah. the better business fight is put john jones in the mix sorry stipe you were great now beat it we got somebody new which yeah. really sucks because i think Steve should get an automatic rematch i just think he should but that's oh the yeah there's the a
0: trilogy would. there that's a great trilogy that and does that's that not that... how the UFC works unless you're kind of regret her <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> fucking khabib or fucking uh, but or you Robert
0: know what Trump. what i don't like is the number of people saying that john jones needs to fight um Inganu just I, I I get his place in the sport. I get how important he is, but I also don't I don't need him to immediately go for Nganu. I don't need that fight. I don't think it's like the greatest fight because we're not dealing with prime John anymore. Like no, if this was not. Like- he's not even
1: the fucking champion at light like heavyweight
0: anymore. He fucking relinquished that title. You know what I mean? Well, if you're going for a double fair, fucking
1: belt, then maybe it makes sense. But to
0: be fair, that was the right thing to do. I wouldn't want him pulling a Connor move and holding up the division and then like nobody well, is the ch-
1: Yep. Yeah, I get it, but how long does it take him to put on fucking thirty pounds? You know, what I'm talking about like he's. When well, he talks Jones. about
0: it, it's like, oh man, I'm doing so much, and I'm like, I don't know, is he? Well, got maybe that. he is.
1: I'm sure he's eating and working and lifting and all that stuff, but you can put that muscle on in fucking in six months, yeah. knowing you got a heavyweight fight coming up. It's still, it still keep your fucking heavyweight title, or still keep your heavyweight title. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Who knows?
0: I, I, I just, I'm, I'm gonna make the, I'm gonna be the contrarian, the, the Stephen A. Smith, as it were, and I'm just gonna say I don't need. That Ngannou Jones fight, I think there's plenty of really legit people for, for Ngannou to to go head to head and toe with. Right. Notably, I want Stipe. I want that rematch. I know a lot of people are dumb with it in their mind, and they're like, oh, "We're just moving shame. on." It's a shame. That's
1: that's like it's <laughs> it's so sad that someone that was arguably one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. Just because he's not marketable doesn't get a shot. As of
0: right he, now, he is the greatest heavyweight, the UFC heavyweight of all time. Yeah, just because really you, you don't get – Nganu beating him does not immediately override the number of defenses he's had and the people he's beaten. That You don't just get to Uno reverse card that and now Nganu is the champion. I but love Francis too. I love but, Francis. I'm but happy they, for him. But-
1: Francis Ngannou sells tickets. No one gives a shit about Steepage. It's just the facts. It's sad.
0: Looking, Dana it's sad White reality. every time a microphone's put in his face, and Francis Ngannou has the hardest punch in the world. Yeah, it's right, like right, if a right. car hit you. Yeah, we. Get yeah, you.
1: yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No one cares about. No one cares about Stipe. It just sucks. It's sad because he really yeah. was amazing.
0: I mean, I, I he still is amazing. That's the beautiful part of it. You know, like yeah. the fact that uh, the fact that he lost to someone who. Has an amazing story and does, and worked hard and deserves yeah. de- that belt. That shouldn't override the fact that he should get more respect. He has been undervalued at every single moment of his heavyweight career. Yeah, like, he's like the annoying, he's the
1: annoying champion that nobody can be. Like
0: fuck, they're like, oh, this just guy. go away. Like go away. You're a milk toast guy who's a firefighter. Like right. we need somebody edgy and or yeah. crazy.
1: Or like with, the, yeah, or the mind blood diamonds. You know, talk yeah. about like, we, yeah, we need some, we need a story, baby. And that's just, it's sad. That that's and
0: again, uh, like none of this should be taken. I I, I want to overcorrect. None of this should take away from how incredible Francis is. No. I want him to go yeah. on a legendary run and 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 But he hasn't incredible. done it yet. Let's yeah. not make, let's not
1: believe, let's not make believe that he is this enormous freaking abdominal force because he kind of is, but God damn, he fucking Let's talk about Derek Lewis. You know, let's talk about his fight with Derek Lewis. Let's talk about some of the other less than finger. Friggin- he lost our to Stipe. He's growing as a fighter. He's only been fighting for fuck, I think if it's like Derek six seven Lewis, years. But like-
0: if Derek Lewis, I know we gotta, we're wrapping it up right now, yeah. but if Derek Lewis wins the the UFC heavyweight belt. Oh God. I that would be, be the greatest day of my life. It would be the greatest. <laughs> Day of our lives, yeah. As a ju- I, as a journalist, I'll put this. as a journalist. Like if we, if I get to cover that fight, and uh. he just he's getting beat up by nganu for just five rounds, one big right hand. and he starts. He gets taken does down. Does Kong Kong his arm off, and he's still fighting. It's just loosely hanging there. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, last second of round five, uppercut. <laughs> ganu's dead. <laughs> Heavyweight <laughs> champion. nganu is maybe the craziest, like. Absurd fighter that either of us have ever seen, and just the way he wins. Like we second episode of this show, jujitsu doesn't work at y'all. Derek Lewis proved it. <laughs> yeah, he he got camored by a sambo master, and he yeah. still just ended up standing up and winning the fight. It's, Amer- it's Americana, and I think. It was. Oh no, Americana, right, 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 because it was uh, he was on top. Yeah, that's, great. that's right. Oh man, all right. Well, I I'm done. I got that was it for me. You got anything? Anything else, care? Ke- <laughs> No man, just uh, you know, I love our solo shows. I love talking. I get, I get to talk. I get
1: to be the star. I love that. Oh yeah.
0: Well, in 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 that in that uh, in that spirit, everybody that's in the Florida area looking to get a a, an incredible injection of jujitsu into their lives, uh, please go and check Gracie Trinity opening soon uh any more details on that you want to share Yeah,
1: central florida we're probably looking at a june opening um i'm still trying to figure out my kids coach and get all those things lined up but i think i got somebody coming in pretty solid so june 1st i think we're going to walk walk off we'll have about five adult classes at night just night classes and probably two to four kids classes during the week and uh there it is june 1st trinity florida (laughs) central florida Um, If you hit me up at uh, Uncle Coach Kevin uh, BJJ for right now or you can uh, Facebook message me. I'm not putting my phone number up there
0: because I don't want no creepers calling me, but <laughs>
1: <laughs> just check it out. GracyTrinity.com. The website should be up and live here in the next couple of weeks.
0: Hey Ke- hey Uncle Kev, do you do private oil wrestling? I pay you ten thousand dollars. <laughs> Can you send me a picture of your feet? <laughs> <laughs> quick, quick, quick little
1: story though. I do not no shit. And I guarantee you there are other jiu-jitsu black belts out there that get messages from my creepers that are like, hey man, uh I'd love to do some private lessons with you. Uh, you know, I really, I, just, I really just want to learn chokes. You think you can teach me some chokes? Like, you know, we I can got just, a good like, tolerance yeah, too. So, just yeah. really, we could do it. We could. We could do it in a hotel room down the street. We yeah. don't even need to be at the gym. Yeah. Can, can you just like? You think you just choke me out? Like, I'm serious. I get weird, dude. Just meet
0: me in the Target parking yeah.
1: lot. And there are always these weird, obviously fake accounts. That's like one of them. That's one of them I know all the time, and I bet other. People, it's called like judo. Like, hashtag, like, underscore judo, then underscore again. And it's obviously some fake person that's just trying to creep on jujitsu guys. It's so, so fucking weird. But it's it's a thing. It definitely is a thing. And, you know, yeah. I would never in a million years consider sending someone a picture of my feet for, say, $500. You know, <laughs> <particular>. <laughs> you know never at all would take any announcements from UncleCoachKevin.com. Uh, <laughs> send, send send your, your feet, feet picks here. here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and if you via mail at uh, Tampa, Florida. My fucking what do they call? Uh, if you if are a loved one has been only- harassed for if <laughs> your you are a loved one has been harassed for feet picks on uh, Instagram or Twitter. Please uh, DM Uncle Coach Kevin for who's doing that and what their rates are. <laughs> that's great all right well obviously uh june 1st if you're in the area be sure to check that out i will be tr- trying my best to make it down there for uh the grand opening for what would oh, honestly we, be we our first down, like in-person meeting yeah. which would be fucking crazy we gotta get you down here. Uh, This oh, summer, definitely. We're happen.
1: This summer definitely oh, oh yeah
0: i mean my my wife's gonna be in europe for a while so i'll just oh. be bored <laughs> i'll just you're be bored to alone so i gotta we'll find a place for you to crash Oh, hell yeah. But obviously, uh Trinity, Gracie Trinity, go check that out. Uh, once again, sponsors of the show, No Judges Needed. If you want to adorn yourself in the hottest swag the jiu-jitsu world has to offer, go check them out at www.nojudgesneeded.com, promo code JJT for 20% off. Let them know we sent you. Uh, as always, this has been another episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Bradley, joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Kevin Gallagher. Uh, We love you, we respect you, and we hope you stay safe out there. Get vaccinated, y'all.